When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Harry Kane saves the day as Spurs have an away day shocker in Wales and flirted with the magic of the cup as we have the last word on Spurs. Cleverly for Sheringham! The Bermondorf! First one to Spurs! Mendefoe all the way! To Danny Rose on his Premier League debut! And it's Gareth Bale's night once again! Stoppage time! of different platforms we are on twitter at last word on spurs you can also find us on facebook and also not forgetting instagram on this last word on spurs we'll be taking a look back at the weekend's fa cup tie against newport we'll be taking a host of questions for tonight's panel and looking ahead to manchester united to come on wednesday evening so let's get straight into the guest tonight back on the show we've got jason mcgovern jason how are you not too bad mate just about recovered from our away day in Europe on uh, on Saturday night, but uh, it was a tough tough watching, that's for sure. Also joining Jason tonight, delighted to say we've got two debutants on the show. First up, we've got season ticket holder Ashley Watts with us. Ashley, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. I, I've also just recovered from Saturday. I bet you have. Yeah, well, you know, it's going to be a bit of a therapeutic session tonight. We're speaking on the back of what is Lucas Mora night, so hopefully that transfer does get over the line. Interesting, obviously, news tonight. It looks like we are closing in on the signing of the winger. And certainly last but not least, making his debut tonight, we've got the Spurs poet, Davey, joining us. Davey, how are you? I'm all good, Rick. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Is oh, that what they say? We're, <laughs> we're delighted to have you, Davey. Have you been well? Yeah, I've been good. I've been good. Um, as I say, at least I didn't have to make the trip to Newport. Oh. Um, I just struggled watching it at home. Yeah, I think we all did. We all did. It was a really, really tough watch on the eye. And I've got to be honest, Jace, coming over to you, I mean, as embarrassing it was to be taken to a replay by Newport, I mean, it's nothing short of what they deserve. From a Spurs perspective, Jason, I mean, we have to be really relieved that we're still in the FA Cup, aren't we? On the back of that performance, or should I say lack of, on Saturday? Oh, without a doubt, a relief. Um... You expected it to uh, to be a lot better than it was in both halves. When we got to half-time, you thought, you know, <laughs> desperately need to sort this mess out. And the second half, whilst we were the, the better side in the second half, you know, it was a bit of a worry that was only Sonny's shot on target, what, after 70 minutes? And then uh, then then that 
that desperately late goal when you just started to think the horror was about to uh, to hit us straight in the face. But um, you know, there was a lot of talk about the side lack creativity, the side lack this, the side lack that. But the worst the worst thing the side lacked was 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 character and attitude and mm. desire and hunger and and those you know those mental attributes that you expected of the side and you know you posted something about Eric Dyer earlier today on Twitter and I said where was that Eric Dyer on Saturday night just you know from the moment he got pushed over in the second minute when Yama was was horrendous and and I kind of think the side he picked Pochettino whilst we can criticize the lack of creativity in it I think possibly he looked at the conditions he'd seen Newport with the set pieces against Leeds the long throws and he just thought we need a real physical bulky presence in this side to to get through that period and then hopefully we'll we'll get control of the game after that but you know the side that we we thought we'd we'd get that bulk and power from you know Wanyama shrugged off the ball too easily Lorente couldn't win a ball in the air you know and and so if we'd have dominated 90 minutes with no creativity, I'd have blamed the creativity. But the fact that we were bullied when we had a side out there that was was what we'd call our most powerful, if you like, was 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 inexcusable. And uh, I'll, I'll excuse Walker Peters from it because there was nine full internationals on that pitch. And with the exception of Michelle Vaughan, every single one of them really let us down in that first 45 that's for sure yeah I mean as I get away from that bringing you in Davey Dennis Sturvish asked the question do we blame Pochettino's team selection tactics or do we just blame the first half performance of our players this is always going to be a tough cup tie what do you make of that question I don't think I would I don't think I would necessarily blame Pochettino because like they're league two opposition so as Jace has just said you've got nine internationals there so you really should be able to get a result away to Newport in the Cup I think you know whenever you drop down and play a lower league opposition you have to be prepared to battle so I don't th- I think Jace is right I think Potch has picked the side that he thought could cope with the, the physicality of it but th- they didn't like, like Newport played they, they had their tactics spot on and if any of our players had have had the same kind of heart and desire as the lad that played in midfield for Newport, I think he was a West Brom academy player. Like he completely bossed the game, yeah. and he just it, they they did to us what we've done to Premier League teams in the past two years. They they pressed us, they fought hard, they wanted it more, and I think I think you know one of the things as well that really stood out is we have players, whether we as fans like it or not. We have players who are possibly looking for moves away. You know, they they want to be seen as being superstars. They want to be seen by clubs to go and you know compete for major honours all over Europe. But if you if you're playing in the FA Cup and you can't raise your game to play against um, a non-league side for a chance to push forward in that competition, th- that has to say a lot about the players' mentality, not not Pochettino. Because I think Pochettino, he did what he thought was enough to win the game. Mm. Unfortunately, the players didn't react. But well, let's bring Ash in. Ash, do you see it that way? Do you think we have to look at the players rather than Pochettino? I mean, the the players he picked, any any sort of team you put out, a Tottenham team against mm. a new team, we we should always be be winning or at least controlling the game. And I don't think we really did that in the first half. I mean. When I saw this team selection and I saw 
We had Sissoko, Wanyama, Dembele, Eric Deer. It wasn't obvious at first we were going to play five at the back. I wasn't sure whether Deer and Dembele, Wanyama were playing in a three in the middle. I just thought we, we, we're lack of creativity at all, to be honest. Um, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Harry Winks and he's the sort of player you want in this type of game to get the ball, get the ball forward. Whereas th- those four, those four particularly, those four midfielders that they can't pass forward. They always look sideways or look to pass backwards. And I feel against a, a weaker side as well, we, we really should be playing more attacking, more controlling football. Um, and, and as well, with, with Kane and Lorente up front, mm. it's, it's as if they're just two two standing there, two two target men up front. I mean, I know Kane Kane drops deep and he likes to get involved with the play, but ultimately, neither of them are going to run a, run a defence ragged, are they? They're so, not. They're not at all. I mean, it's it's a massive concern of Lorente. I mean, Jason, let me bring you in, and I, I don't mean to be harsh at all because we have to remember we didn't lose the game, but we have to kind of reflect and you know analyse the game itself. But Lorente, I mean, I, he offered nothing, and you could argue, Jason, we look less effective with two strikers, when, when he's on the pitch. I mean, Kane seems to improve when Lorente isn't playing. I mean, that wasn't obviously the plan when bringing this guy in. No, not, for sure it wasn't. We, we haven't seen anything from him and no. we saw no link-up play between them. And as I say, I think possibly he looked at the, the aerial threat that they bring in from... like the, I mean, the long throw was like facing the old Stoke long throw, wasn't it? Mm. And... Um, and so possibly that that was part of the selection. And in those conditions, he thought, look, we've just got to get it forward quicker rather than playing it through midfield as much. But to do that, you needed Lorente to win the ball in the air at, at both ends of the pitch. And he did nothing defensively in the air. He did nothing at the other end in the air. And, you know, he wasn't holding the ball up. And, and it was the complete lack of link-up play between Kane and Lorente for sure. In fact, when Lorente has... The only time Lorente's looked like he could have any link-up player has actually been with with Sonny in a in a couple of games, uh, where he, I think in the West Ham Cup tie, and I think also that Applewell game where he linked up with Sonny a few times. But other than Sonny, he hasn't seemed to have formed any relationship with with anyone in the side, and he he looks just too, you know, too too static, doesn't he? He's, mm. the, the the lack of movement from him, and and it is a disappointment because he looked. I mean, in fairness, he looks a hell of a lot better than that at Swansea last year. I know that's at Swansea, Mm. but I mean, some of the the criticisms of him that that we've made wouldn't have been there in his game last year. And and possibly that is a lack of game time. But, you you know, you've got to earn your game time as well. And he's not exactly pushing for minutes on the pitch, is he? No. I mean, you find it hard to believe, just like I've said, that we play with two strikers on the pitch and we look less effective. <laughs> we look less effective. That's meant to be the whole part of when you play two up front. You're meant to look more more attacking, but we just don't. It's a, it's a real worry, isn't it? Oh, for, for sure it is. And, um, you know, we probably won't address that issue in the next couple of days. So it's uh, it, it's certainly a worry for the rest of the season. If it hasn't been, <laughs> let's be honest, it's been, a, it's been a concern since day one, hasn't it? It has indeed. I tell you what, let's come around to you, Davey. I mean, let's be honest about it. We could have done without the replay, but at the same time, I mean, I think you're going to go along the lines the same as me, that the FA Cup is pivotal to Tottenham. I mean, let's be honest, it's probably our only genuine chance of getting silverware this season. But we've got the replay sandwich now in between. We're going to get it next Wednesday. So we've got the Man United, Liverpool and Arsenal games all kind of in a, in a mixed bunch. So it, it, is it still really much a priority for Tottenham? You would argue it would be, surely, in your opinion. Uh, I, th- I think it. I think it has to be, especially mm. 
whenever you look at who we've, who we've potentially got in the next round. Yeah. So you know you're looking at Millwall or Millwall, you know, possibly Millwall or Rochdale. Yep. So realistically, you know we should be saying right, we're going to beat Newport, we're going to get through the next round. This this big final FA Cup final, which we've pretty much all craved about since 1991, is you know it's within our grasp. And I know you know I was always a firm believer that you know the club had to win trophies. Um, it did change last year because we were obviously challenging for the league up until a point where, you know, we just let it slip. But I think this season in particular, I think we need to add a trophy. We need a big shiny trophy so that it keeps people, you know, it keeps the players there, it keeps the focus there. And you're moving then into the new stadium and you've got something there to parade around the ground. and. Yeah. As, as for the fans as well, it's been too long. It's cool, especially yeah. for the mm. for the FA Cup. It's been so so long. It has indeed ninety one, far far too long. I'm bringing you in, Ash. Yeah. I mean, Danny Walsh asked the question: What do you think let Tottenham down, other than bad play? You got an answer for that one at all, Ash? Uh, well, I guess it's got to be the mentality, really. I mean, going into a game again against a, a lower league team, you, you need to apply yourself in the right way, and from the outset. We didn't really. He could he, sloppy passes, players not linking up well. Like you could, you could tell with him really the first ten fifteen minutes where Newport got on top. They yeah. they got a couple of corners. They got the crowd going, and I, I can't remember the, the first time I saw this, but we we had a shot in about the the thirty fortieth minute that went on target. <laughs> like like normally we're, we're, we're fast. We, we like to get going. We like to have lots of shots. Harry Kane's popping six seven shots a game. Mm. But in that first half, he, we just didn't look like creating anything. And I mean, g- going in one one nil down. <laughs> well, you got to say we felt relieved too, didn't we, Ash? It was it was such a poor performance. I mean, let me ask you another question, Ash. Jeff Knight, following on from what you've just said, does agree with you. He says there seems to be a lack of desire and urgency. Is that the manager's job, or is it up to the players to lead the fire in terms of building up for their for their teammates? I mean, if the players can't get up for a game, do they deserve a spot in the team? What well, do you think of that one? Well, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, aside from what is it, maybe Kane and Vertonghen, and the re- and the rest of the team who started on Saturday aren't normal starters. No. They, mm. they they should be pushing as much as they can. The, the likes of Ericsson, Deli Ali, Son, like Sissoko. He we bought him as an attacking midfield slash winger. Now, so he he's looking realistically. I know he's been playing central midfield for us, and that's another point we could go through but um he, he's either playing we, we bought him to either play on the wing where son's playing or in attacking midfield like the likes of ericsson and ali and he, he just gives them no competition so you, you, you can you can watch them and sometimes deli ali have a poor performance ericsson will have a poor performance but you think you can't really take them off because you take them off and you're bringing on someone lesser who who hasn't yeah, really the problem it's true i agree I agree with you, Ash, completely. I mean, Jace, coming back round to you, I mean, the pitch, as expected, it did look very run down, which was similar to Southampton, where we also struggled. I mean, I think their last game on that pitch, Newport, was back in December. Does that give the players any excuse whatsoever in terms of that very, very poor start? It might give you an excuse for, for quality of play, but it doesn't excuse the lack of desire. You know, it, 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 it's simple as that. It doesn't. Is why why Eric Dyer's flat on his face inside two minutes being knocked over. It's, it's got nothing to do with a pitch. That that desire has to come from the players. And 
and you know, yes, it's the manager's job to motivate players and things, but players have to have a have to take responsibility for their own level of desire and performance. And if if they're not prepared for a, a game like Newport, then that everything else after that is is a convenient excuse for them. It's got look in the mirror at yourselves. Were you really ready for that battle? I mean, apparently Pochettino went to the ground didn't he, the night before the game or something to yeah, to look at the surface so. and things like mm-hmm. that. So. You know, he was obviously aware of of what type of tie we, we were facing and maybe that was partly behind his team selection. But as I say, those players should have taken the lead from that. They should have taken the lead from Wickham last year where Eric Dyer got bullied around, didn't he, by, um, what was the wicket, Akin Fen were at, at Wickham last year. So yeah. he's had experience of it and, and, and getting bullied over like that. And, and Wanyama, I mean, I've... I've wanted to see Wanyama come back into the side, but the Victor Wanyama, there's one thing you don't expect to see Victor Wanyama suffer from is getting bullied no. in the pitch, and yet mm. he shrugged off the ball and things. And you, as I say, there's, there's no blaming pitch conditions for for attitudes and desire in players. No, well, Patrick actually says Pat Colin, thank you for your question, Patrick. He agrees with Jace. Where was that fight and determination? He says last week was dire in Southampton, and the game against Newport was even worse especially with the forthcoming fixtures we have, doesn't fill me with much hope. Joe, can you give us any optimism in terms of the games coming up? Because we've got Man United, I mean, Arsenal, well, we're, we're, Juventus coming up as well, and obviously the, the replay as well. Well, we'll deal with the, the preview of Man United yeah. later. But I, mm. I think, you know, for me, the, the central midfield at the moment is a is a real worry. If you think about it, the central midfield options, Dyer, Wanyama, Dembele, Sissoko, Winks... Winks isn't fit, so isn't in the picture. Dembele, we think, struggles with mobility. Dyer, you just don't know what Eric Dyer you're going to get from a game. When Yama doesn't look anywhere near fit, Sissoko's not good enough. And so we're, we're reaching those three games. And I, I look at it, the Man United games and the Arsenal games and Liverpool coming up, and I think, my heart of hearts, I'd like to see Dyer and Dembele in there. Right. And yet, I have no confidence that either of them is capable of doing the job that they would have been capable of doing 12, 18 months ago. And so if somebody else said to me, I'll go with Sissoko and Wanyama, I wouldn't argue it because I would think I just don't have confidence in any pairing or any individual of those five or six in there at the moment. That's that's the worry for me. Yeah, I think it's a damning verdict at the moment. And I mean, Davey bringing you back in. Listen, I'm trying to be fair, balanced as well. Do we have to give a little bit of credibility to Newport? Because I think from their perspective, like, granted they're sitting ninth in League Two, they're three divisions below us, but I think that was their first defeat in 12. Or do you argue that, look, we're Tottenham Hotspur, you know, we're going there with, you know, like we've said, nine internationals on the field. We have to be winning that game outright. The, we, we have to give credit to Newport. Um, you know, they got their tactics completely spot on in the first especially in the first 45 yeah. um they didn't let us settle they didn't let us play you know they there was i don't know if it was legit but somebody had released this scouting report that newport had apparently yeah, that was, done that first was say, wasn't it yeah when you look at when you look through that you know they got it spot on especially from spurs from this season so we you know we 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 can't be arrogant about it and say, you know, listen, we're, we're Tottenham and it was our... They just didn't let us play. They didn't let us... And I, I suppose the thing about it was as well, 
they they are completely hyped up for this game. Of you course, know, they're yeah. playing against they're, they're playing against Tottenham Hotspur. Mm. Um, whereas I think our players just went there and thought, well, look, it's Newport. No matter what happens, we're going to win this game. That's not the way football works, and especially the FA Cup. You know, the FA Cup. There's a romance about it. So I think you know you have to give them credit. And I would say, in fairness to them, they'll probably come to Wembley, and I imagine for the first forty-five minutes, they're going to run their asses off at Wembley as well, and they're going to fight for every single ball. So you know, we should win the game, but they're not going to make it easy for us. No, I mean we've seen this season, haven't we, Davy? The fact that Wembley it always kind of gives players an extra kind of ten percent anyway. So, <laughs> and it's probably I don't know, it's probably Newport's first trip to Wembley, so I'm sure they're going to be up for it. Yeah. I think, I think they have played there I mean, maybe once before, but I agree. I mean, it's going to be, it's not going to be an easy tie. And, you know, Ash, I want to bring you back in because you alluded to it right at the very start of what you were saying that, you know, they looked up from it from the very start. They had a great chance early on, which they ballooned into Rosette. But was there any surprise in your mind, Ash, that they did take the lead? Because, like you said, it was a really, really bad first half. Yeah, I mean, it, normally I like to say it's against the run of play because mm. normally we actually play half decent. But no, that was that was good. That was completely deserved. I mean, <clears throat> from from the off, they they were at it. They they were up for it. I mean, playing Tottenham is it's it's like a cup final for them, and they, uh, in some ways, they'd be they'd be ecstatic they got the draw oh, because they, yeah, they yeah. I saw a few uh, a few fans on Twitter say, from Newport actually saying about how they they preferred the draw and they're happy for their massive payday because for, for a club like Newport. Going to Wembley, if it, if it sells out, maybe like thirty, forty thousand still. That's going to pay for them for the next couple of years, especially if the the games on TV and whatnot. So, for for those sort of clubs, playing any Premier League team is it, it, just amazing, a big deal for them. It's the, it's their match of the season. Whereas for our, our players, it's so yeah, we go, we turn up, we we win whatever happens, and someone's gonna. Do something. I mean, they they they're probably all looking at each other like, "Someone, please do something," because <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, yeah, of course, it, yeah, yeah. At, at the end of the day, it was Harry who, quite often, and obviously our best player comes in and uh, saves the day for us. But um, yeah, uh, if if it wasn't for that, it would have been embarrassing. It would be. I mean, can I ask you, Ash, we've got you here. I mean, should we have genuine concerns over the right-back area? I mean, Trippier lost the aerial duel at the back post for their goal. I mean, don't get me wrong, no one defended that situation well. Um, but obviously there's that argument at the moment in terms of Oria, who has had some great games as well in a Spurs shirt, but there's been times he's looked rash. Is that right-back area a concern for you at the moment in terms of what we're going to do there in the upcoming games? Or is it for you, look, after pick Oria, Trippier at the moment is definitely second best. How do you see it? Yeah, I mean... I'd say at the start of the season, with with Aurier came coming in, I was really optimistic. I've I've seen a bit of French football. I've I've, I've seen him live. I thought, oh yeah, Aurier quality signing, perfect. What we need to replace uh, Walker. And then he played a few games. I think notably that West Ham game where he was a bit rash and got sent off, and we we nearly end up losing the game or perhaps even drawing it when we we're coasting at three 0 I think it was. Um, and at that point, I was like, "I'm not sure about this guy. Can can we just bring Walker back? You know?" Oh, it's only um, that easy. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean. We're, yeah, we're missing that pace and that mm. that strength on the right. But I, I would say over the last couple of months, I think maybe maybe Pochettino's had a few words with him, t- told him what he expects because I, I I don't see him diving in as much. And 
especially a few of those games against uh, Real Madrid and Dortmund. I thought he was superb. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm well happy with Aurier. I'm happy with him, but the backup is worrying. Mm. Um, I mean, last season with the Walker trip, your rotation. It, I, I don't know what happened. I mean, was Trippier playing out of his skin? It looked okay. You, you, you didn't worry who was playing. You thought, oh, if Walker's playing. We've got a bit of pace. If Trippier's playing, we've got we've got some good crosses coming in. Yeah. Whereas this season, I'm thinking, got Aurier. We've got the pace to get us out of trouble if we need, and he's got he's good at crossing as well. But with Trippier, you think his crossing's not been that not been as good as it was last season, and he does lack the pace and. Especially with the likes of probably Sadio Mane and Alexis Sanchez to come in the yeah, next two. This is it. Um, mm. I wouldn't trip here because he's just not got the pace for them. No. Well, I thought let's bring you back round in, Jace. I mean, listen, you've always been an admirer of Trippier in terms of his ball delivery. Like Ash says, there we've got two players in teams to come that are going to maybe potentially give him a torrid time down his flank. On that basis, would you maybe go for Aurea? How do you see that? Right back situation shaping up at the moment on the back of the weekend. Well, well I think Premier League wise, Oreo seems to be getting the nod in most yeah, Premier League like... games at the moment. But you know, I think it was Davy that mentioned that Newport scouting report, and let's be fair, that Newport <laughs> scouting report. They must have been hoping Oreo played because they, I don't think they had one good word to say about Oreo, and definitely identified him as as the weak link. So um, you know, we expect Oreo's pace and that to be an advantage, but. I'm still concerned in, in, in that respect. Um, I mean, for for the goal, Trippier wasn't good enough on the far post, but I'd also argue it was a poor clearance from Jan in the first place. We then don't go to the edge of the box to close that ball coming in. And when I think about it, you've got Kane, Lorente, Dyer, Wanyama, Vertonghen. You've got five, five big guys there. And yet we leave two-on-one against probably other than Walker Peters, our smallest player on the pitch on the far post. So, you know, that, that shouldn't be happening either. It's just, it's just poor organisation and poor setup. So it doesn't excuse the fact that Trippier made a, a mistake and he doesn't win the header. But from my mind, he shouldn't be having two on one in a, in a side where we've got that much height in it in the, in the first place. I think the only other thing I'll say about Newport, <coughs> Michel Vaughan deserves a little bit of credit because he's come in now for those two games mm. in awful conditions for a goalkeeper. And I thought Saturday again, I don't think he, he dropped a single ball. And uh, he was perhaps our one... I mean, the ball, they, they fished in a free kick in that first half, which, thank God, Musa Sissoko didn't skim it off his head and into the back <laughs> of our net because I dread to think how he'd have survived an own goal at Newport. But that was a typical thing. He just kept his eye on the ball and... and that's that's an easy ball for a goalkeeper to drop and yet he, he claimed that one and then the, the late back pass with about five or six minutes left I think one it was either from Trippier or Foyth which he had to juggle you thought thank God that wasn't Hugo because he'd have completely sliced that behind for a corner or something so you know in amongst a really poor team performance Michel Vorm again his handling in, in awful conditions was impeccable and, and he certainly doesn't deserve too much uh, criticism for his performances in those two games. No. Can I ask you, Jace, also, Carl Walker-Peters, who was subbed at half-time, do you think he had that poor a game? I mean, <clears throat> for me, he was more sacrificed than anything else. He was made to play out on that left-hand side, which clearly he wasn't comfortable on. Davis came in second half, really, really assured, well, shored up that left-hand side. Is it hard to judge a player when he is, like I say, it's... Um, you know, square pegs round holes at times with some of these guys that are coming in. 
Well, he's it? Is a young kid making his what? His third senior appearance mm. in in professional football. Yeah, and he's he's got nine full internationals on a pitch who aren't doing anywhere near the jobs that they should be doing. So, yeah. you know, yes, he he let a couple of balls go into touch, but Jesus Christ, he'd be the he'd be the tenth one I'd be I'd be having a go at if 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 you like in that dressing room. And I, I felt sorry for him going off because it, it looks like he's made the scapegoat for that half, but. Uh, there's there's nine other players on that pitch that need a good look at themselves before we start worrying about the performance of a young kid in his third or fourth game, that's for sure. That's a fair point. Davey, coming round to you, I mean, is it good to see at least Pochettino heeding at half-time the game needed to be changed and urgently, which is that he hasn't always done in the past. He brought Son on, and it's fair to say, Sonny, he made pretty much a straight impact into the game. Yeah, it, like, as much as, as much as we all love... Mauricio Pochettino, he is. One of, one of my criticisms is he doesn't make the substitutions quick enough. Mm. And, you know, he kind of leaves it. It's normally, you know, 75 minutes where, you know, maybe we've just sort of let that chance slip past. But to make that change so early, he's obviously seen it, it wasn't working. And unfortunately for Kyle Walker-Peters, you know, he, he was pretty much made the... The sacrificial lamb, I suppose, and, and Pochettino came out after the game and said it was it was a tactical change. Um, but the fact that he's identified that, you know, th- say that's my only criticism of Poch at times is that sometimes us as fans are, and I know we don't, like, I know we, he, he's probably forgotten more than what we know. But there is times where you're watching the game and you think, you know, we could be doing with a change. You know, we try and mix it up or you know bring Sonny on or whatever, but. He did. He did recognise it. He did make the change, and um, you know, fair play. Say, Sonny did make a difference when he came on, um, because I don't think. I think if we had started the second half the same way, I I just don't know what what the final result would have ended up. And today could have been, you know, we could have been sitting here in floods of tears. <laughs> we just. It's just one of those things. But, but yeah, he, at least he did recognise that it wasn't going. Ash, I want to come round to you. So, in terms of positives, I mean, let's be honest, there wasn't many. But, I mean, one from my perspective was the performance of Yuan Fuif. Now, it's fair to say we didn't know much about this guy coming in in the summer. But, I mean, on the day itself, for me, he looked fairly composed as a whole, cool under pressure. And, you know, you could arguably see what the likes of PSG Barcelona were looking to sign him. What did you make of his performance against Newport, Ash? Yeah, I mean, Fuif... Um... I hadn't seen much of him before we bought him, to be fair. Um, and after the first couple of like, sightings I saw, I thought, he's he's too small, he's potentially too weak for the Premier League. thought he might get bullied. But I know the last couple of times I've seen him play, he has looked very composed on the ball. He, he's definitely one who can play out in that sort of Barcelona, PSG way. And even the Tottenham way, we play out from the back. Um, <laughs> there's a good addition that way. Um I'm still not convinced on him in terms of how he'd rough up against a, a big striker like, say, if if we had to play him against, say, Lukaku on on Wednesday. I'm not sure how he'd fear there. Right. But, um, mm-hmm. he, he he doesn't look slow. He, he looks composed on the ball. So, yeah, I, I, I'm willing to give him a chance. I mean, we, we've had our fair share of, uh, well, I'd say dud defenders recently, <laughs> like, like the Wimmer and Fabio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kira, you, you can just rattle them off. You can I mean, indeed. The, the, these players came in with like reputation of being strong, fast, but th- w- when we played with them, they, 
they were just useless. Whereas this guy, at least, uh, he, he seems like he wants to play football in the right way. And and again, he he's very young, so he's only going to improve. And if if you're training with the likes of Jan and Toby every week, week in week out, then you're only going to improve. Yeah, I agree. Let's ask you then, Ash, as we've got you here. Me and Jace, we speak every week about Harry Kane. There's pretty much not more in terms of what we can say about him. So, Ash, for you, I mean, let's be honest, he saved the day for us, a tap-in. But Sonny as well, how pivotal was he? That little flick for the goal. I mean, Kane and Sonny changing the game for us again. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something we've got used to now. I mean, uh, Harry Kane's been there four season wonder now, hasn't he? Um <laughs> So, so he's been doing it, but I mean, I, I've, I've said it earlier in the season. Sonny has got to be our most underrated player. Of course, but yeah, I, yeah I, definitely. I feel like the, the last maybe month or two, other other uh, fans from other teams are recognising how good he is. I mean, we, could, we we've played him out of position before. We we've, we've worked out that left wing back doesn't work for him. But if we can play him playing with the likes of Berrickson and Kane and and Deli Ali, then front four they they work a treat. And I mean. Son, he, he's, he delivers on the big stage. He gets us out of trouble. And you know what? He, he does come up with those vital goals. I mean, I can't, I can't remember that, that game where he scored that curler in, to set us on our way. But, um, yeah, he, he's, he's been pivotal to us this season. And, yes, pr- probably our most important player, uh, aside from Harry Kane. I agree. Davey, bringing you in, because Jason and me, we don't to death on Harry Kane. So you tell us about Harry Kane and your perspective, because like I say, now it's 30 goals in 30 games. And as I said, save the day for us. Really, Davey? There, there's no player, I don't think, in, in the club's history that I've you know, watched. And just every time he strikes a ball, I hope the ball goes in the back of the net. <laughs> to, Harry is everything that... <laughs> Harry is us, but with skill, <laughs> football ability, because he, he's he's passionate about the club. He's, he's the man that's going to lead the front line. He's everything we as fans want to be on the pitch. And he's just, you know, he's Roy of the Rovers stuff. He's just mm-hmm. unbelievable. And if, if, you know, he keeps going at this rate, you know, he, he is going to beat Graves' record. He's, he's going to do it. And he's going to do it with style. And he's just is a phenomenon, and, and I can't. I'm so thankful. I actually have to thank Arsenal Football Club for um, <laughs> rejecting them as a kid, because not only have they give us a fantastic leader, they've give us an amazing footballer and goal scorer. And you know, thanks Arsenal. Just when I throw that on there. Well, I think it'll tell you always, Harry. He was destined for this club, but I know what you mean, David. I know what you mean, Jace. I want to bring it round to you then, just to finish up really on the Newport game. We've got so much to kind of get through this evening. I mean, does the replay at least, Jace, just give us the opportunity to give maybe players that coming back into the team, the likes of Alderweire, who only game time, Lamella. I mean, even maybe Rose and Winks, they could potentially. I mean, clutching at straws. We don't know about the team news next couple of weeks, but they may even be able to feature. Is it an opportunity to give these guys a bit of game time? Well, you'd hope so, and it mm. might even be a, a chance to give Lucas Moura his debut if there you uh, go. if that happens as well. But um, you know, let's be fair. If Pochettino does that, it will be then accused of disrespecting it because we're not oh, playing our strongest team or we're not playing our best team or something. So Tottenham should be capable of, of fielding whoever against Newport at home. But um, you know, I said the same on Saturday. Really, we should have been capable. So. Uh, 
whoever whoever plays in that replay has got to show a lot more desire and, and such than we did on Saturday. If we do that, I'm sure we'll be fine. But um, like I say, it's sort that mentality out because we let's be fair, we should have known it from Wickham last year. And, and um, you know, even Barnsley came to Wembley and put up a bit of a fight this year, didn't they? And, and that wasn't a walkover. So we struggled that night to, to beat them. And, and even Wimbledon in the last round. You know, they, they did the, hit the crossbar and that before we'd scored. So there's been enough warning signs for those players and, and sort that attitude out for that next game, that's for sure. Yeah, can I ask, just stick with you for a second, Jason. So let's bring in, you mentioned Mora. Now, we never like to kind of tempt fake too much because that transfer has still not been confirmed by the club. As we speak, we're talking on a Monday night. You're going to be listening to these guys on Tuesday morning. Potentially, Jason, we get him over the line. What have you seen in terms of clips off YouTube? Is he... It's very hard to judge, I know, but I mean, could this be a, a really good signing for the club, do you think? I honestly don't know, Ricky. I mean, um, he comes with a with a reputation, but I read Tim Vickery's piece today, and Tim Vickery, obviously, who's, a, who's an excellent South American journalist. Tottenham fan as you know, well. And a big Tottenham mm-hmm. fan as well, and he, would, he didn't exactly fill you with confidence of it being a great deal. I think, I mean, in fairness to him, number one, I want us to sign him just because I fear the Twitter meltdown if, if the deal breaks down tomorrow <laughs> or something. I mean, dear, oh dear, oh dear. So, we, and, we, and let's be fair, we definitely we need we need somebody in. So it will give that it will give everyone, I think, a lift and a and a bit of excitement. But I think, I mean, in fairness to him, Manchester United were after him. I think when he went to to PSG and he was highly rated player, but obviously, and his stats actually at PSG. Haven't been too bad, but for one reason or another, he's, he's struggling for game time now. Surely he'll be hungry to to put a marker down to try and get a, a, a place for Brazil in the World Cup in the summer. But I just think when he comes in, in, it's a player from France that hasn't been playing a lot, and so he'll need time. And I think between now and the end of the season, if he comes up with two or three bits of magic, then and that's that's probably all I expect him to do. And I, I think it will be a. a the back end of next season before you really get a, a, a level of consistency from him. So, you know, I'm, I'm not expecting massive things from him. I've probably got lower expectations of most supporters when he comes in. And, and as I say, I think it's more a lift to everyone at the club than him as an actual player that we'll get the benefit from over the next few months. Mm, but I- that, that don't don't get me wrong. That's that's not suggesting I'm, I'm not happy with the deal or anything. I just I've seen enough of those type to deals work at all clubs as well not just at Tottenham where players come particularly mid-season from from France from Holland and from Portugal or whatever and it takes time for those players to adapt and I'm sure at some stage as well we'll concede a goal where the whole crowd will have a go at him and say lazy, lazy bastard he hasn't made any attempt to get back <laughs> and, and things like that will happen and you just have to understand that that's part of the adaptation to the English game. Yeah, I mean, what I will say is that Tim Vickery, very, very well-respected journalist, all I will say on that point is that he did think Paulinho was going to be the next big thing at Tottenham. And we all know how that ended. So there's nothing against Tim at all. Well, I'll tell you what, he's the next big thing at Barcelona at the moment. Well, so, that... you know, let's be fair, who, did any of us see what's happened at Barcelona for him? So that, that well, just shows we, a fair point. we can all get it wrong, mate. We can, we all can get all it wrong. get it wrong. But we do have this thing at Tottenham where we seem to destroy players and then go on, some of them at least, and go on and do really, really well. But who knows? I mean, it's only fair to ask the, uh, the rest of the panel... Davey, coming to you, I mean, I think off-air we discussed how we're maybe craving out for a bit of pace. From what you've seen, clippings off YouTube, Davey, does he fill you with excitement potentially, this one? 
Well, I think every every signing fills me with excitement. It's only <laughs> after six months when I start getting depressed that we actually did make the signing. But whenever you look at somebody like Lucas Mora, like over the past two seasons, I think he scored roughly thirty goals for PSG. Yeah, yes. And yeah. you know when well, you look at when you yeah yeah he's, he's he's had like pretty much nearly forty assists in the past four or five seasons. But whenever whenever you look at Mora and you realise who is in front of him in the pecking order at Paris Saint Germain, you know there's quite a bit of talent there, and I think Mora. The, the the one thing that really fills me full of dread, and I know he's got pace and and always exciting, and he could just fit in really well, but I, I think sometimes his final delivery can be, it's not great, it's pretty poor, and whenever you see people comparing him to Theo Walcott or Andros no, Townsend, that's a worry. Yeah. You, you're thinking, <laughs> oh, oh, you know, really, but at the same time, you're talking, you know. 23, 24 million. Like, uh, West Ham are trying to sign the young lad Kerry for Fulham for 20 million. Yeah, from Fulham. So if it's yeah. 23, yeah, Fulham. So if it's 23 or 24 million, you know, it's not, you know, there's still probably a, re- uh, a sell on value for him. He's, he's still young. And as we know, if anybody can turn him or, or get the that he had, it's Pochettino. So I'm, ha- I'm happy with the signing. Um, I, I totally agree with Jace. I can see it being next year, next season, before we actually start seeing, you know, a, a proper player there. And it's the same with Serge Aurier. I think it's it's next season where we're going to see the best out of him. So I think, yes, get excited about the, the signing, but don't be expecting too much straight away. And I think that sometimes is our problem. Yeah. That's fair to say, I think as Spurs fans, we always get carried away very quickly expecting the best out of players. I mean, Ash bringing you in. Aurier, obviously from... Obviously, the summer just gone. We brought him in. Do you think he's played a key role in this deal? I mean, he obviously seems to know him quite well. They've got the handshakes down to a T. What do you think, Ash? Do you think he's, like I say, played that key role? And how do you think Mora could potentially be for Tottenham? Yeah, I mean, it fit right in with the handshakes. All he needs to do is meet Son on the training ground. That's true. There'll be a few more going round. That's true. Um, But, yeah, um, I'm excited. I mean... If, it, if we were signing this Lucas Moura four or five years ago when he was the next best thing, he was the hot property of Brazilian football, PSG obviously signed him, then I, I, I think I would have been a bit more excited. But he hasn't really he hasn't really developed much from what I've seen in the last four or five years. He, he's always been that player who scored around maybe three, maybe four goals every game. Uh, no, four games a goal, sorry. Um, so he's he's not always been the most productive. Um but, yeah, playing in the PSG side, obviously only the, the likes of Neymar and, and Pape are, are the only people keeping him out of the team. So, I mean, you can't knock him for that. I mean, the one thing I would be sceptical of is we have bought a couple of French uh, wingers in the last couple of seasons mm. from the French League. Yeah. And it, it hasn't really paid off. I'm, I'm not sure if that's because they weren't specifically Poch's signings but they haven't re- really been given the chance um, but yeah I'm just hoping that um, he's a bit better than the, the last two uh, un French players we had mm, let's hope it's third just, size I'm lucky just on, that rate, yeah. just on that rate as well I think it's not just Tottenham I think just in general players coming from the French league you know when you look at say the top six or seven at the moment None of them have a, a great record of in recent years of bringing players in from France. Eden Hazard 
perhaps is the one the one standout that, that didn't seem to need any adaptation time. And Martial, in fairness, did well in that first season. But in general, you know, you look at Bernardo Silva, he hasn't exactly been able to nail a place down at Manchester City. And OK, they've got a massive squad, Manchester City. But I mean, Bernardo Silva was a signing I was gutted to see when Manchester City nicked him straight away. And I mean, a few of those players who were at Monaco last year, back at Yoko, has, has struggled to, to really settle in at, at Chelsea and things. So I think it is, it's a tough league for them to come from the French League to the Premier League, and particularly in Mora's case when he hasn't played too much football. But, you know, let's hope we've got the player that, that we're all hoping for and next season we'll see the best of him. Yeah, and I'm also worried because we haven't technically signed him yet. And this is Tottenham. We are that Tottenham that get hijacked by... Chelsea, um, dare I say, even Man United over signing, so I don't want to get too carried away. But just to kind of finish up on more of what I will say, some interesting stats out there that 2016-2017, 19 goals, 11 assists. 2015-2016, 13 goals, 4 assists. 2014-2015, 8 goals, 10 assists. 2013-2014, 5 goals, 16 assists. I mean, with that return rate, if we can sign that player... God, that'll be exciting. So we'll wait and see. Don't want to get too carried away until he's actually holding up the Spurs shirt. So let's bring it on to Manchester United. Let's actually stick with you, Jason. So Wednesday night, massive, massive game at Wembley, this one. Alexis Sanchez to potentially make his Premier League debut, typically against us, Jace. Yeah, I'm trying to think. We had Chris Wood made his one for bloody Burnley mm. against us, and that that went pear shaped. And that's Chris Wood. So yeah. Alexis Sanchez at Wembley, and his his record at Wembley is, is pretty special as well, isn't he? Oh, he scores some. He has indeed. Yeah. You have to admit, he scores a one or two decent goals for them there. Mm. So, um, but the game won't be all about him. As I say, my my big worry is is us in the centre of that midfield. You expect probably Ander Herrera to be buzzing around. You expect. Pogba, despite dividing opinion, I actually think Pogba's a, a decent player. I, I've seen him have a lot more good games for Man United than I've seen him have poor ones. So I think his price tag clouds people's judgment of Pogba, but he's a, a physical beast in there. And as I say, I think we'll we'll need two people in there to com- to go up against their midfield that can really get around the pitch. And my big worry with Moussa Dembele all season is that lack of mobility without the ball we saw him get run ragged by Arsenal we saw him get run ragged by Man United and even at Southampton a couple of weeks ago six or seven fouls because he's getting everywhere that that split second late and uh, with Pogba and and then their forward players if you're late against them they will open you up and and give you a lot more problems than Southampton did so that's my concern that I just as I say I can't I can't sit here with any confidence and pick two people in the centre of midfield to to go up against Pogba, Herrera and whoever else they play in there tomorrow. That's that's my big concern. It's alarming in itself. Bringing you in down. Five on the bounce, haven't lost in eight. I don't mean to come across making it even more of a taller order, but what is your thoughts going into this game on Wednesday? I, I'm, I'm torn on this one because um, I, I worry that... You know, with the signing of Sanchez, as much as I don't like him because of of his ex um, teammates or team, I think he's a player that can he can really hurt us. Now, my my concern is he's the type of player that can drift into those spaces. That's going to pull, he's going to pull our fullbacks all over the pitch, and that's going to create gaps. And if we're playing with somebody like Dembele, who, you know, we're going to have to be tight. Like this isn't. This isn't the Tottenham team from last year, 
because if it was, then I would be, you know, I'd be confident that we could get the three points. I just fear that I know we really we have to be really really tight defensively. I'm, I'm I don't know if Toby's going to be fit, and even if he is fit, I don't know if Potch is going to play him. But I, I think to get a result, we need our strongest eleven playing, and we need the players to be at the top of their game. Because I, I do worry about this United side, and I, I just think that, you know, if we concentrate on trying to contain them, you know, they're, they're probably going to have a, an easy enough time, you know, trying to contain us. I think I'm torn whether we sit back and, and you know, try and counter-attack them or we just go at them from the, the first minute because defensively they're not great. You know, they're getting most of the joy from midfield and attack, but... As I say, I just worry that Sanchez could be could be the key figure in this game. That that's a problem, Davey. How many players have we got? You think are anywhere near the top of their form at the moment? None, not very very little. You know, bar bar the likes of Harry and, and Sonny, Kane, you know, Son, Yan, yeah, and then you, you know, then you're really struggling. Yeah, and I even worry. I would worry about um, you know if they play Lukaku because in the past, as much as Davinson Sanchez has been a fantastic. You know, he's had a great first half of the season. He seems to struggle a bit when he plays against the, the big, formidable striker. And he, he needs to learn, you know, when to hold back. To, you know, to be touch tight, but not actually physically touch tight. And I just worry that, you know, with the spaces that they create, that if it's one-on-one and it's San, uh, Sanchez and, and Lukaku, I think Sanchez is, is liable to kind of give us, you know, he's, he's kind of liable to give away a few free kicks which we really don't want to be bringing on extra pressure no i agree it's gonna be a it's gonna be a very very tough game i mean ash I want to ask you they're currently second they're eight points clear of us at the moment i mean is that too big a claw in terms of points to get back on them now do you think is oh is it going to be a case where for us you know we have to maybe be realistic and say we're not going to catch these well that team itself been able to go on runs where we've mm. won seven eight games on the bounce and but yeah, that sort of gap would be able to be closed, especially the United of a couple of of, of seasons ago. That they haven't they haven't been as formidable as they are now. But I feel this season they've they've probably turned the corner, and and with Sanchez coming, it's going to give them that extra boost. Um, I'd say eight points, especially with the the fixtures coming up. I mean, I'll be able to tell you a lot more after these next three games. But um, if if we come out of these next three games still within eight points, maybe a couple less, then yeah, for sure we can. But if if it's any more than eight points after the next three games, then it's going to be very tough. I mean, I'm look I'm looking ahead and I'm seeing City at the top. I'm seeing United second, and it's especially now even even with Arsenal signing Aubameyang, it, it's it's potentially going to be a a four four horse race for the third and fourth place and it could go it, it could be down to who hits form at the right time and who who's in the Champions League still and who's still in the FA Cup I mean Arsenal and Liverpool they're just going to be in the in the, well Liverpool for instance in the Champions League Arsenal Europa League but they haven't, they're not in the FA Cup anymore so they can just concentrate on the league now yeah whereas, whereas for us we've got we've got these three big games we've even got this uh, game against Newport sandwiched in between and then we've got two tough games against Juventus and that's going to take a lot out of the team I mean I'd much rather be playing Juventus but in terms of the league that's going to take it out more than whoever Arsenal are playing I don't even know who it is because I don't really care about them but (laughs) 
they're going to be playing an easier game in the Europa League than us. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. But ultimately, it'll be down to who hits form in the, the last 10 games. So we, we just need to get out of it, get through these next three, hopefully unscathed. We, we can't afford to lose to Liverpool. Mm. And we, realistically, we can't really afford to lose to Arsenal either. United, if we lose... It's, it's not the end of the world, but the other two we're in direct competition for, so we, we need to pick up our game. Mm. See, the thing is, as you say, it's not the end of the world. For me, I've got to be honest, you cut bringing you in, Jace. For me, it would be, you know, that's, that would be a very, very, very big blow if we were to lose to United on Wednesday night because everyone around us is is winning, you'd argue. We've got to kind of carry that on. So I ask you, Jace, on the back of what Ash has just said there, is this is it a must-win game? Is it a must not lose game. How, how do you see in terms of that game? How do we go into it itself? Well, the positive way to look at it is if we want to finish second, we've got to win it because the gap then becomes only five points. Well, are they catchable, United, then, Jace? Do you, do you generally and, believe they're catchable? If, if I use my head, I, I, I don't think we will do, but if right. we're to have any chance of catching them, you've certainly got to beat them so that the gap comes down to five. Because as, as Ash said, if the gap's eight, nine, ten, mm. there's no chance. And I think, you know, a, a win against them gives us something to take into to those Liverpool and Arsenal games. Whereas if you get beat in the first one, and let's be fair, our, our record at Anfield is horrendous, then you're playing Arsenal on the back of quite possibly two heavy defeats and drop points at Southampton. You're thinking we've only got one point from nine then in the league. So, you know, you want you want to create some momentum into that run. You want to have confidence in that little period. And so it is essential that we... It's essential for lots of reasons that we win the game tomorrow. But whether we're capable of it, I have to say I fear that we won't get the result that we really need. Mm. It's it's a worry, isn't it? Because United are in that form; they are grinding out the results. I mean, what do we expect, Jace Mourinho's tactics to be in this one? Because you know we saw him away at Liverpool, kind of set up to play for a point, um, and he got that. How do you see him going into this one? Does he genuinely still believe they can catch City? I don't think he really believes they can catch City. No, but but the the whole attitude of the club is that they'll they'll do everything they can to catch Manchester City. I think. I don't expect him actually to to park the bus. I mean, they they went at Arsenal, didn't they? They 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 tried to suck Arsenal in and have a real go. They certainly didn't go to the Emirates and park the bus. So, and I think he'll look at Tottenham and he'll think they can exploit the the gap with Aurier Sanchez. That there's more pace for them. There's a little bit more power for them. So, I'd be I'd be very so. I think we'll see quite a an not necessarily a, a gung ho Manchester United side, but I think I, I don't expect them to come and park the bus by by any means at all and that, that actually might help us that you know we, we've seen teams that have come to Wembley and have a bit of a go at us have been a little bit more open for us but um, but I st- I, it's it's a really tough one I have to admit yeah it's such a difficult one to call I mean tell should we get some predictions then for this one because it's going to be it's going to be a blockbuster I mean Wembley under the lights let's start with you Davey what are you going to go for oh, way me way Sorry. me first Ricky um well, tell you what, shall I help you? I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to use my head and I'm going to say it's going to be a draw. As much as I would love Spurs to get the result and I do believe we can do it, but I think at the moment, our form at the moment is telling me I don't know if we're capable enough to get that result and that's why I'm going to say it's going to be a one or That's what I'm going for. Does that help you at all, Davey? We'll, <laughs> we'll start yeah, on that. Off, my, on my, that. Yeah, right, OK. My, my heart tells me we're going to 1-2-1. Right. My head tells me we're going to lose 1-0. Oh, OK. 
Fair enough. Ash, can you give us any positivity for this one on Wednesday night? Well, I'm thinking, in my head, I'm thinking to all. Realistically, their defence isn't amazing and Harry Kane's on form. So I I, uh, back him and Son to, to grab a couple of goals. But then I do think that their pace on the on the counter attack might haunt us. So I think my he- my head says two all, but my heart says I think we might win two one. Okay, there you go. Ash going with a two one. Jace, are you prepared to put anything on the line for us on this one? What are you going to go for? Well, my my head goes two nil to them. But then really? you know okay. the only time the only times I've tipped us to only, actually only get beat one this defeat, year. Jace, so at Wembley this season, the Premier League, only only the one defeat. Yeah, but I think they're a better side than most that we've played. We've played there, and, and as I say, I think our form, our form, player by player, isn't isn't where we'd like it to be. There's, there's too many players nowhere near their best form. So, um, but I mean, on a positive side, I tipped us to get stuffed by Real Madrid, and and look what happened there. So that's, and I, I think I tipped Barnsley to knock us out of the cup. So mm. there are those there are those advantages as well. But no, I, I think it's as I say that that midfield area, as Davey said. The, the, when they start dragging players out of positions and we're not quite getting Dembele's or Wanyama's or whoever it is, isn't quite getting into the space to help the fullback and, and cut those those roots off and things like that. I think it's a, it's a tough one for us, that's for sure. OK, well, tell you what, before we finish up, just to cut the quick-fire questions, guys, because we do appreciate you. You've sent in so many questions to us after over the last couple of weeks. We want to try and get through as many as we can and keep... Please send them in to us at Last Word on Spurs, our Twitter handle. You can also send us in on Facebook and Instagram as well. Let me quickly go round. Let's actually start with you, Jace. Um, Janied Ilyas asked the question, not Spurs related, but are you VAR in or out? Now, it's fair to say we haven't had any effects to us yet. <laughs> but, I mean, let's get let's get an opinion on it from you on this one. I, I was hoping that's the question you wouldn't answer because oh, there is no okay. quick answer to that. Um I think if players could learn to respect and fans could learn to respect and managers could learn to respect referees' decisions, you wouldn't need it at all. But in t- because I think as fans and as everyone involved in football, we're not mature enough to handle referees making mistakes, then then I can see the benefits of VAR. OK, there you go. There's that one. Ash, I want to come round to you next. Um, we've got a question here. This is about Marcus Edwards now. At the weekend, there were some comments coming in. I'm not sure if you saw them from the Norwich manager, Daniel Fox, um, who was asked to kind of give his verdict on Marcus Edwards. And his response was that he's got to do some growing up in terms of his attitude. I mean, do they that justify the decision why Pochettino, we haven't seen the guy feature. He has been sent out on loan. What have you made of those comments over the weekend about Marcus Edwards? Well, they seem they seem to echo exactly what, why I'm... Um... Why we haven't seen uh, Marcus mm. Edwards? I mean, Pochettino, he, he's he's not uh, shy of saying that he he needs to work harder. He need, he needs to improve his attitude. Um, I mean, quite honestly, I I haven't seen too much of him. I've only seen clips on YouTube and, yep. and stuff like that. Um, he, he looks a very talented player, um, but it, there's obviously something that's not quite right. Um, Albeit it might be his mentality, it might be his attitude, um, it might be his willingness to um, defend, for instance, uh, help the team out. Maybe he's, he's just one of those luxury players who just wants to attack, attack and, and not work for the team. Um, but yeah, um, regarding those comments, they're no, of no surprise to me that that's what 
Pochettino's echoed, and it's what I've heard people say. If he sorts out his attitude and he's he's looking to improve that way, then he's got a good future. But if he doesn't, then he could be become the next, I don't know, like Balotelli, for instance. Oh dear, that would be a shame. I mean, Jace, we, you know, you echoed in the summer when we had him. We had Lyle Thomas on. You know, he he could be that kind of adult rap figure that has got the quality, but yet the attitude isn't there. I mean, you proposed the question to the show tonight. I mean, do you want to give your thoughts on that one before we move over to Davey? It, well, it's, it's more a case of we we constantly got the questions uh, mm. even around the Wimbledon time, didn't yeah. we? And are oh, we lacking this? Why aren't we getting Edwards? Why aren't we getting Edwards? And and maybe now it, it just just shows you managers and and the people that work with him day in day out are far better judges of of whether he's going to make the game than than most fans who see a, a five minute clip on YouTube in an under nineteen game about him. I suppose the only thing with with the the comments that Farke made is. It's, and it's it's really early for him to be making them because he only went there on loan two or three days before well, that. It, yeah. So yeah. I don't quite know if that's the impression that Norwich have got from him inside three days, which if, if that is the impression inside three days, that's that's an even bigger worry than I, than I thought it would be, or whether that's that's kind of the fact that they spoke to Tottenham and they realise that's why he's been sent to Norwich to sort that attitude out. Hopefully we get a player back and... And and sh- the alarm bells of you know we said it earlier about attitude and desire in players. The alarm bells have got to be ringing inside the boy, and and he's got to realise that it's it's down to him to sort sort his own attitude out and, and get his head around things. But until then, there's, there's certainly no way for him to to appear at Tottenham. That's for sure. And you know perhaps the the shock to the system will be is is if Tottenham do draw the line under him. It, it might be a surprise if the Chelsea's and the Manchester Cities don't come in for him, and he ends up being at got Rotherham Grimsby type of clubs maybe that's what he needs to to finally get the message home to him mm. interesting isn't it it is interesting I mean coming over to you just to finish up Davey three days to go to the deadline we've discussed Lucas we've already said does he excite you but do you think it's a case is it a sign of ambition or is it a sign of just strengthening the squad I mean is it a cheap Levy deal that in 12 months time some will look back and say we shouldn't have signed him how do you see this signing in general if we do get out of the line? I know we've discussed it majority tonight, but is it a signing to appease the fans or do you see it as like a long-term thing for Tottenham, just to finish up on the show? I, th- I think I think it's a... I think we traditionally don't buy anybody in January. Mm. And I think I think the fact that Levy's went out and, and spent 25, potentially 25 million on a player mm. in January shows that... He, he, it's obviously something Pochettino has wanted. So Levy's backing his manager by giving him, you know, a signing that's going to enhance or strengthen the squad. So I, I don't think it's a desperation buy because I don't think, you know, we don't do desperation buys really, um, especially with a new stadium getting built and, and money's kind of, you know, tight. But I think it just shows that Levy has complete faith in what Pochettino does. And he's willing to go out and spend twenty five million, and potentially there could be one more signing coming in. Oh, do you think? Um, oh, don't know about that. Well, it's been nice well, to get one on the line, isn't it, David? We'll have to wait. We'll have to wait and see. Um, okay. We'll have to wait and see. But like, I just think it's. I just think it's a you know back Pochettino and listen. If this is what you need, then we'll go all out and we'll we'll bring the player in to strengthen the squad. David, as we've got you here, as we're finishing up, anything you want to plug at all? I know, obviously, anyone must know you from doing the Legends Nights and getting involved in that. Anything you want to, you want to air at all? Um, I was hoping he'd have a poem for us. 
no, a special I've been, value for. Oh dear. I've been I've been too busy with these lessons nights <laughs> to, to try and do anything else. Um, yeah, listen, I've just got a couple of nights that, that I want to plug in. Please go for it. Say if if anybody wants any information on them, if they can, they can get me at the Spurs port, and I'll, I'll pass on all the relevant details. So um, this year in, in Winchmore Hill, we have uh, Steve Perryman's coming to do a night, and then. And there's a night next week with Paul Stewart, Steve Sedgley and Mickey Hazard. Still a few tickets left, so if you want to get in touch, you go for it. Uh, Ray Clements is going to be at Hereford United Football Club. Uh, Gary Mabbitt's going to be in South Wales at Bedwas Rugby Club. Uh, Shame he weren't in Newport. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> we could have been doing with him. In Chessington, uh, in the Rodrons Club, there's two different nights. So, Graham Roberts and Alan Mori, and then Ozzy Adelis and David Howells. Paul Robinson's doing a night in Gloucester. Uh, we've got Gary Mabbitt, Stevie Sage, and Mickey Hazard doing a night in Worcestershire Cricket Club. Then in Romford, I ha- we have Alan Gilzine, Martin Chivers, and Phil Bill. And then the last one, which is in Dublin. Now, although it is sold out, it's Ozzy Ardelis and Mickey Hazard. But if anybody in Dublin or Ireland or whatever would like to go, I'm doing a reserve list for it at the minute. Now, I have sold out. It's 280 Spurs fans have bought tickets for this event. But some people do pull out. So if anybody's interested in coming, just drop me a a private mail and I'll I'll try and sort it out. There you go. I have to say... I have to say, Davey puts on an absolutely cracking night. I went over to to Belfast for the um, Martin Chivers and Cliff Jones one a couple of years ago, and it's a fantastic night, and full credit to Davey for that. i just just waiting for him to do a Pascal Chimbonda. Well, one. I was going to ask him, any chance of Gregor's <laughs> Raziak and Gary Duckett you getting a go? Because I think he's done most of the most of the, uh, the 90s squad there, and if not the 80s. <laughs> I just can't get a hold of a sum of it, because oh. he's, kind of, he's kind of went off the radar. I'm on Tramazani. Yeah, it's funny you said that about Etimovic off the radar. I think that was most of his Spurs career, to be honest with you. But there you go. David, can't thank you enough for coming on tonight. It's been such a pleasure having you, and hopefully we'll get you back on soon. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Anytime. Oh, fantastic. Lovely. And Ash, thank you so much for coming on making your debut. I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been great. Oh, I'll be willing to come on any time. Oh, fantastic. We'll definitely look to get you back, Ash. And Jace, thank you as always. We're going to be back recording on Thursday night, Jace. So let's hope the United results are going to be a positive one. Yeah, we're going to be buzzing after a massive win. Fingers oh, no, crossed. I, I predicted a defeat, didn't I? <laughs> you did predict a defeat. Forget that. Fingers crossed it's the back of a win. Guys, enjoy the show. We're going to be back on Thursday night discussing hopefully a win against Manchester United at Wembley. And as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.